the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, worldwide on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. My guest this hour is Robert Stanley, and uh, Robert has traveled to dozens of countries and has read hundreds of books of, and thousands of articles of his life-long pursuit of modern and ancient mysteries. Over the past 30 years, Robert's quest for unique ideas and information has led him to research and write about many controversial topics. His ongoing investigations have been featured on television, radio and in print and joining us this hour is robert stanley and robert welcome to the x-zone thank you mr mcconnell for having me tell me uh, what uh, what motivated you to investigate the ufo activity in washington dc yes that was in the spring of 2005 i received an email that was sent to me by a private investigator in texas mm-hmm. and uh it contained photographs of ufos allegedly uh swarming over and even landing on the Capitol building, which I thought was odd. I mean, I really thought that was weird because, yeah. you know, this was years later, a few years after the fact, and I thought, man, if that really happened, I, I, I'm sure I would have heard something about it. Um, fortunately, there was contact information there on the email, so I, I actually contacted the photographer, and we're still in touch after all these years. Uh, you know, it's we are still exchanging information because this is an ongoing situation. Now, what do you? What kind of evidence do you have that okay, it, uh, that actually proves this really happened and it's not just made up? Right, that's a good question. Um, the photographs, um, as I said, I was I received this email with some photographs, mm-hmm. 
and and as I said, I, my first impression was, well, this this can't be real because, uh, well, obviously Photoshop being what it is. Sure. And and I mean, how come nobody's talking about it if this really happened? So as I said, I contacted the photographer. He said, look, I've got this on 35 millimeter uh, uh, film. I've got the negatives. And I said, really? And I, so, um, you know, I did a little uh, soul searching on that, and I, you know, came up with the idea of uh, uh, doing uh, having it the negatives analyzed independently by a film lab there in Washington, D.C. And so the photographer agreed to that, and ultimately uh, that's how it got started. I, I was, you know, the technician said, these these have not been tampered with. He looked at them through a loop, and he said, if there was any tampering with these negatives, it would be evident. And and it's, so he said, this is, this is all genuine. He says, I'm not going to say what these things are. All I can say is the light sources are quite powerful and... Um, uh, he says, I have no explanation for it, you know. So that's that's the way we left it. But um, And then I started to investigate, you know, because I, I remembered something about, and it actually, those the first photographs were taken in July of 2002, which was actually the 50-year anniversary mm-hmm. of, of the major news media actually covering or reporting that there was UFO activity in the heart of Washington, D.C. on at least three occasions. Turns out it was more like 30, but, you know, they only reported it three times. So, uh, uh, you know, and, and by the way, back in the 50s, just like in 2002, they did show up on radar and they were chased by the military out of prohibited, restricted airspace. So, uh, you know, we've got people on the ground seeing mm-hmm. these things. We've got people photographing these things. We've got them showing up on radar and, and the military is chasing them. All right, stand by, Robert. You and I have okay. to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exonation, Robert Stanley is our very special guest this hour. We're talking about, believe it or not, UFOs over Washington, D.C. Now, here's a website uh, for Robert, www.unicusmagazine, that's U-N-I-C-U-S, magazine.com, forward slash books, dot H-T-M. That's unicusmagazine.com, forward slash books, dot H-T-M. Robert Stanley is my special guest this hour, and we'll both be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Explanation. Uh, Robert Stanley is our special guest. www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books 
www.ghtm.htm. Uh, Robert, the the uh, your source in Texas, how did he get a hold of these uh, these uh, 35 millimeter negatives? Okay, the the man who took the the, partic- the particular photographs that we're discussing here, mm-hmm. name's Wilbur Allen, and he lives and works in Washington D.C. Okay, he he had formerly worked for ABC News for 14 years prior to taking those photographs. Right. It was completely accidental. So he wasn't getting any traction with the major media, and, and quite honestly, pe- most people in the UFO community were uh, uh, dismissing it as Photoshop without actually doing an investigation. Uh-huh. So he, at some point, after a couple of years of being turned down by multiple agencies, mm-hmm. um, you know, it eventually got to uh, uh, somebody I know in, in Texas, and they, for- not knowing much about photography, they for- forwarded it to me and asked my opinion of the pictures. So that's how I got started in specifically, uh, you know, uh, analyzing the uh, the circumstances, not only the photographs, but the the uh, context mm-hmm. into which the the photographs were taken. So here you are with the negatives. Now you've had them analyzed at a at a film lab in Washington D.C. The person, mm-hmm. the technician, says they haven't been tampered with. Right. What do you do then? Yeah, I published an article that was uh, that came out internationally, obviously on the internet, but it also was in print through Nexus magazine. Mm-hmm. Because I'm friends with the editor of Nexus. Uh, we've been sharing information for years. Anyway, the photographs, some of them, were published widely, and and <laughs> days later, I was visited by a, a black military black unmarked helicopter at my home in La- when I was living in Los Angeles. At the time, and it it absolutely floored me. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't even know if those things really existed. Uh, but uh, clearly, what I saw was, you know, it was real, and it it, it didn't just pass by the house. It, it was first, it was doing these low circles, literally right over the house. Then it stopped. By that time, I came, I was literally out of the house, and mm-hmm. it had, it was hovering over my my car in the driveway, not not more than 200 feet up. And I thought, man, th- th- I mean, it, it just. <laughs> I was so shocked. I didn't know what to think, honestly. But uh, fortunately, I ran in the house and grabbed a point-and-shoot camera and came back out and got a picture of it before it left. But um, I'm absolutely certain that was related to the uh, uh, to releasing the, those photographs. Was there anything else that happened uh, that you found out of the ordinary, or was the helicopter the only event? Um, well, yeah, there was... Uh, let's see. I, okay, so uh, eventually... I started uh, really d- digging into this after, because I was curious. After I published the first article mm-hmm. and I got visited by the helicopter, I started thinking, well, something's going on here. So I actually started investigating, and that's when I got 40, 50, 60, over 100, and then 200 reports. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, how come there can be this many reports of UFO activity in Washington, D.C., and nobody's talking about it? So ultimately, I published a book about this. In December uh, or fall of 2006, and in December I was on a national radio show, and right after the show, uh, the my website was hacked, and the photographs of the UFOs at the Capitol had been removed, which I thought, now this is weird. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you could just ask me not to do it. Somebody could, if they really felt it was a, a matter of national security, they could have just said, hey, we don't want that out there. But no, they they surreptitiously went in and hacked the the server, and even the, the technicians who own the server said, man, we've never seen anything like this. We don't know. We can't fix it. Hmm. And I said, well, okay, then i got to move to a different... And it was really frustrating me, to tell you the truth. Um, and it, that wasn't... And then about a year after that, um, yes, it was 2007, 
A year after that, two very large military helicopters came over the house. This was not one little black one. This was the double prop uh, version of, of helicopter that, I mean, I wouldn't know the exact designation. Oh, the, the, the Chinook. Uh, okay, if you say so. I'm not that familiar with the military helicopter. But I can tell you this much. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was literally shaking the entire neighborhood. This wow. time it wasn't just my house. You know how those things literally sh- chop the air like yep. pop, pop, pop? Mm-hmm. This, but there was two of them. And, and they didn't just, again, they didn't just pass over. They made this really very scary-looking maneuver over my home. And I thought, man, these guys are nuts. I mean, it's like, you know, you can't even, what, you can't pick up a phone? You can't talk to me? You, 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 I mean, if you really want to intimidate me, I guess mm-hmm. sending helicopters is, it, it got my attention, but ultimately I guess I'm not bright enough to just stop doing something. Um, in, in other words, it was very ambiguous, okay? You, they, they weren't exactly saying, don't do this. They were just trying to intimidate me. And... You know, ultimately, I've, I've been doing this. This is my seventh year mm-hmm. now that I've been reporting this. And honestly, uh, I don't know how much longer I, I'm going to keep reporting on this because, you know, I, what, I, there's, not, there's not much more I possibly can say to anybody. It's, I've, I've put all the information out there, all the photographs and videos and movies I've ever collected are, are on the Internet for free. How long has this uh, alleged covert alien activity been going on? Uh, well, the earliest report I could find was 1850, and and uh, at that time they were calling them airships, and I believe it happened again in 1890 something. Uh, but it really didn't mm-hmm. start picking up until the 1940s, or at least I should say the reporting of these things during World War II. Specifically, we're not talking Washington D.C. That's when it started to really pick up the numbers, the sheer volume of them. It it absolutely went ballistic in 1950s. That that was a re- it still holds the record, other than this decade right mm-hmm. now actually that we're in. Uh, excuse me, oh, wait a minute. That was excuse me the first decade of yeah between 2000 and 2010 it is equal to the 1950s. So I actually I I think I published the, one of the charts uh, somewhere on the internet, uh, but I I do have it in the back of my second book, Covert Encounters in Washington D.C. Uh, I spent, God, I spent, I've lost track of how many hours I've, I've invested in my life wow. uh, doing this now. It's just like I said, at, at some point it gets a little uh, monotonous, but, uh, you know, look, somebody had to do it, and nobody else is willing, has been so far, has been willing to take on this investigation. Let me ask you this, and I don't know if you've been asked this before, but Go ahead. do you think there's an alien base near Washington? You know... I, that's that's wow. That's a really sensitive subject. Um, yes, I do, and 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 it's not because I want to be sensational about this. Right. There, uh, based on some of the eyewitness reporting, there appears to be UFOs that literally come down and never, and they don't come back up. In other words, they come down out of wherever, mm-hmm. and they go down and they they appear to be landing. When people go over to see where they've landed, there's nothing there. So I assume that they have gone underground and. You know, part of the other thing, the investigation, as I conducted, you know, historically, looking at everything, I mean, I scrutinized Washington, D.C. every way you can imagine, including uh, stories of rumors of underground tunnels that pre-existed the building of the city, huh. as we know it. So it's, who knows? Who knows what's really down there? Our... <laughs> are there, you know, like this, this is, uh, I, I'm saying to myself, holy cow. Uh, I know. Are, are there spacecraft or alien craft that are, that you're getting reports of today that are actually landing in Washington? Yes, I know that sounds hard to believe, but let's go back to what I was telling you before. Uh, one of the pictures yeah. from July 16, 2002, taken between uh, 1130 and 1 o'clock at night, 
shows a craft actually landing on the roof of the Capitol building. Now, I thought that was just impossible to do because this, you got to understand, that was right shortly after 9 11. Yeah. And they clearly increased their security. So one of the, the groups that I did contact in Washington, D.C. that was willing to talk to me at some level was the U.S. Uh, Capitol Police. Because, I mean, hey, it's their... It's, That's their they, jurisdiction. Yeah, they should be. Yeah, they should be on top of exactly. it. Exactly. Besides, I, I didn't want to make them look bad. It's not their fault that this is going on, you know. So I want to get the reaction. But, you know, at first they were very, they, you know, kind of stonewalling me giving me some uh, plausible deniability thing. I mean, they, they try to answer my questions, but very, very, very carefully, you know. And then a few years later, they actually did a leak to me through back channels. They, they leaked <laughs> to me the fact that their officers are seeing these objects. Sometimes they're, they're not saucer-shaped. Sometimes they're spherical. And they do loiter around the Capitol area. They gave me two instances of these spherical objects i'm not saying they're craft they're probably some kind of drones mm -hmm. remotely controlled drones that are doing surveillance there but but to answer your question point blank yes there has been there have been allegedly new, multiple landings at various times in washington dc how proper. can all these landings be going on without major media or uh, some closed-circuit camera picking them up and getting it worldwide attention. Yeah, you know, and I'd asked the Capitol Police about that, if they actually, if their security cameras were running all the time, and they mm -hmm. said yes, but they, you know, they weren't going to tell me anything more than that. Well, the photographer, Mr. Allen, the first thing he did, having worked for ABC News, his family actually works at the Pentagon. So he felt it was, just, it was his duty to actually take copies of these photographs and to the Capitol Police. And they actually, uh, I mean, according to him, they did take uh, a report. And they, they took copies and they said, this actually answers some questions about what, we've, you know, what our officers are logging. Mm -hmm. But and he'd asked them, did, did your, your closed-circuit TV, did, did you get this? And they said no. And that was a problem, that something, anything, whether, wherever it's from, the fact that something could land on the Capitol or anywhere near the Capitol grounds and or, not be picked or, up, or that, even that was a problem. Or even enter the no-fly space. The, yeah, well, it starts at the Washington Monument, which is literally just up the street from the mm -hmm. Capitol. It's all part of the National Mall. But the prohibited airspace is a circular thing. It's surrounded by restricted airspace. But anyway, it's, it literally starts at the, at the yeah. Washington Monument. So... Yeah, they were concerned about that, and allegedly they upgraded their camera systems after that event in 2002. What do these craft look like? We've got about 30 seconds, so okay. can you give me a ballpark idea what these craft look like? So far, it's been every shape you can imagine. Saucers, you've got really? uh, cigar shapes, you've got spheres of all different sizes, by the way. And uh, sometimes they're triangular shaped. That, that's something that people have reported and even photographed as well. All right, stand by, Robert. You and I will be back on the other side of this news break. ExoNation Robert Stanley is our special guest this hour. UFOs over Washington, D.C. and on Washington, D.C. His website, www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books dot htm. And Robert Stanley and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network. UK High Definition Radio. Euro High Definition Radio. And Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxoneradiotv.com. Welcome back, everyone. Robert Stanley is my special guest this hour, XO Nation. We're talking about UFOs over Washington, and uh, this is a fascinating topic. Robert's website is www.unicusmagazine.com forward slash books dot htm. Robert, here we are, what is it, 16 days away from a presidential election or 19 days? Yes. Wouldn't one of the... One of the uh, candidates love to break this kind of information, or wouldn't it? Or wouldn't, uh, for example, if uh, Governor Romney had this information, wouldn't this be able? To, wouldn't this be a dig for the present administration and something that would catapult him into the into the presidency? You would think. Uh, yeah. No, actually, actually, it's not. Uh, according to John Podesta, who was part of the transition team for President Obama, mm-hmm. uh, no, his people told me in no uncertain terms that they nobody in Washington, D.C. wants to come on the record because they will be held accountable. They and whatever department they work for will be held accountable for things that they have no control over, such as we don't even know where these things are coming from, who's flying them, or what they want. Wow. And so it's it's a huge albatross. Nobody wants to come on the record. And believe me, uh, even the the Capitol Police uh, don't have control over the situation, but, you know, um, they've at least admitted to me unofficially that they are seeing these things uh, around the Capitol grounds. In your opinion, Robert, after studying these craft and their occupants for nearly for over seven years now, yeah. do you believe that these craft and their occupants pose a threat to national security? Some of them do. If you read the book uh, by Frank Cristino Jr. called "Shoot Them Down," mm-hmm. okay, UFO, uh, yeah, UFO saucer wars in 1952 that we were having engaging in uh, aerial combat with UFOs, wherever they're from, whoever's in there. It appears that at that time, in 1952, uh, based on uh, eyewitness accounts, some of these things were disabled and crashed in uh, West Virginia. And um, uh, one of them actually passed over the, the Capitol that night, September 12th, 1952. Um, th- these were reptilian humanoids which it may sound weird, it's like, wait a minute, where are those guys hiding? I Apparently, and I did uh, say apparently, um, NATO did a study on this back in the 60s, and I interviewed uh, 
Command Sergeant Major Robert O'Dean about this at length. He swears that he saw a NATO assessment uh, about the threat that UFOs posed to accidentally triggering World War III. Back in the 60s, they, they came to the conclusion that um, there was four different kinds of uh, aliens that were uh, and are visiting us that are not a direct threat. They mm-hmm. don't appear to be overtly hostile. I personally don't agree with it, but anyway, that's what they said. They said there was reptilian humanoids, there was taller humanoids that were like bald and, you know, kind of strange looking, uh, hairless. Uh, then there was the smaller ones, typically what people call the grays, right. again, humanoids. Uh, they appear to be some sort of clone type of uh, entity. And then there was the humans, perfectly human, hmm. human <laughs> from some other world, apparently, you know, that are here flying around in that kind of technology. And that's the group that really bothered NATO the most because they realized those guys could infiltrate whenever they wanted to, for whatever reason. So that's that's where it gets a little dicey. Why do you think the uh, occupants of so-called UFOs are actually mm-hmm. interested in Washington? And if they're interested in Washington, mm-hmm. are they also showing the same amount of interest in other capitals of, of other countries, for example, uh, London, Moscow. Yes. 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 Really? They've been, seen, they've been seen all over the world, but yes, they've been seen over London quite a bit and filmed, and Moscow is getting visited re, uh, fairly regular in recent time, uh, and people are, you know, everybody's got a video camera or some kind of camera mm-hmm. now they're carrying around, even if it's just a cell phone. So yes, there's, they're being seen all over the place, even the Vatican. Yes, there was people there that actually saw UFOs or reportedly saw UFOs with occupants exiting the craft in the middle of the night. Um, so, you know, why Washington? Be, well, because it's the seat of power, right? right. I mean, you know, it, I know that sounds, that's just a quick, easy answer, but there's something about the geometry of the place. It's almost as if it's um, uh, sort of like Nazca lines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you look at if you look at satellite pictures of the place, it's or, or if you I mean it's all over the internet. I, the, the, some people say it's satanic. I don't know if that's true or not. But other it, people it, say it has a lot to do with the Masonic order yes, the, yeah, and yes, so on. Yeah, more the Masonic thing. There is a satanic element in Washington D.C. I don't know if it's connected or what, but it, it, it appears to be. There's, in other words, I can't just dismiss one piece of the puzzle because it doesn't fit. At least maybe because I don't know where it fits. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. As much as I've looked at this, and I've really invested a, a great deal of my life into this, doing this investigation, it, there are certain things that are, are going to remain uh, an enigma to us at this time. And, and until we actually can have a conversation with the occupants of, of one of these craft, we're really not going to know exactly what's going on there and why. What do you think they they are waiting for why don't they just make contact worldwide well apparently they've tried doing that with specifically let's go back to eisenhower in 1954 okay uh they they allegedly landed out there at uh, what is now edwards air force base Mm -hmm. um just north of palm springs and and you know eisenhower allegedly went there and talked to them um humans now um and part of their thing was they said well look we'll help you but the stipulation is you have to stop the nuclear thing right now because we know exactly where that heads and it's a dead end for everybody. You know nobody's going to win on that deal. Everything's going to become extinct. So uh, unfortunately, the administration said no. In 1957, allegedly a human being landed a craft in Alexandria, which is actually in its part of the District of Columbia, and was taken to the Pentagon and lived there for a period of time. Uh, he also met with Eisenhower, and allegedly said, look, you know, we want to help you guys, 
But again, it was really rejected, uh, much like that movie. I know it was fictional. The, the day that Earth stood still. That's right, with Michael yeah. Rennie, a great movie. Yeah, it was a uh, <clears throat> makes me wonder how mm. in the world they knew that was going on, because <laughs> it, it predated a lot of what you know was later reported. That's right. Yeah. So I think somebody actually knew. In fact, it's really possible. Let's go back to what I said. We don't know who among us, and believe me, this would this is not science fiction. Now, if if we although it sounds like a Twilight Zone episode, if our government said suddenly was to admit, well, yeah, we've got aliens visiting us covertly. Mm -hmm. Some of them are human. We're like, what? So who are they? Well, we don't know for sure. What? You know, I mean, that would really, people could become unhinged. This, this story, I mean, this information really does have the potential to disrupt society as we know it. That is, that is a fact. I've had the opportunity of speaking to Charles Hull. I don't know if you've heard Charles' story where he was a mm-hmm. meteorologist. The Whites, yeah, yeah. Uh, Area 51. Exactly, and you know, he said he used to take them into Las Vegas, and they used to blend. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd yeah. look a little tall, but that was about it. And, and you know, you, you hear his story, and you say, well, if it's happening there, yes. where else is it happening? Everywhere, yeah. everywhere. The bases are typically uh, underground. Mm-hmm. Or under the water, or both, whatever. And uh, they, they, but they do. They're here covertly, and that, that you know, we could speculate about that for hours, but it probably would get us nowhere. That's why I said we really need to sit down and talk to some of these people. Right. And I've tried to do that over the years, even before I did this investigation in Washington D.C. I actually, my wife and I published Unicus Magazine. It was the first and only magazine for Earthbound extraterrestrials, because my wife and I both have had limited contact with some of these beings and so we we recognize they're here but we were trying to figure out you know well how do you you know can't you just yeah why don't you yeah. just come and come out and well typically they say well, it's dangerous and I, how could you argue with that you know uh we we typically our society our you know current modern civilization is really dangerous i mean we're you know, we're willing to kill each other over what? You know, religious, That's police, right. political, what? I mean, yeah. come on. So you come from another world, you're going to try and tell us what's real? I mean, uh, yeah, it could be a whole other inquisition over again, they, and they don't want to be involved in that. And they also don't want to be worshipped, by the way. I think the good guys really don't want us to, like, uh, become dependent on mm-hmm. them to, you know, shepherd, them, uh, shepherd us. Uh, into the future. We need to be, in other words, we, you know, they, they have to respect our free will. The good guys. And, of course, we have to respect theirs as well. It's a two-way uh, It would be nice, but, yeah. you know, look, when when you come in on a, the flying saucer thing, that level of technology, because, you know, it, i got to admit, the photographs, one of them is just absolutely mind-boggling. It shows them actually warping space near the Capitol wow. and, and entering a wormhole. I mean, that, that level of, of power, it's way beyond nuclear. And um, I, I think they also don't want us to have access. Look, we're not even handling nuclear technology. Oh that my well. God, we're, we're going to, you know, at, at this rate, we're going to blow ourselves up. Um, well, not just that, we're all, we're all being poisoned slowly thanks to Fukushima. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, as if all the nuclear tests back in the fifties and sixties weren't enough, now we've got this thing just oozing radiation. So, so that brings up a good question, yeah, Robert. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I, I've been told by so many people over the years that these visitors are here to help us, uh, that yeah. uh, they, they want to tell us about the the destructive power of the nuclear weapons that we're trying to develop. In the case of Fukushima, why couldn't they have stepped in and helped prevent the mass poisoning that we're all seeing now because of this radiation problem? Uh, you know, I, here again, I can't really speak for them. Can you... Can you 
speculate. speculate. I can speculate all day long, but I, I, I just let's make it clear. I, yeah. This is just my own opinion. I really think that they have had warned us for decades, and we didn't listen and wouldn't listen. And so for them to come in and because there's a lot more that was going on there that people just don't know about. And I, I'm not big on conspiracy theories, but I got to tell you, look, I worked for Honda Research mm-hmm. and Development for eight years. Right. right? Prior to, prior to becoming so involved in UFOs, I actually worked for a Japanese corporation. I know the Japanese had a nuclear program during World War II. So the fact that they had they, they did have something else going on there they don't want anybody to know about. And uh, if, you, you know, if you care to see that information, I could forward it to you. But look, yeah. the, I know for a fact there was weapon-grades uh, uh, material that was being produced at those facilities, Unreal. and it was heavily guarded. Yeah, it was all totally covert, yeah. totally covert. So you is know, it just by chance the Americans got the first strike? First strike? Say, the first, the, the dropping the first bomb? Oh, 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 yeah. No, actually, we knew what they were doing uh, because we had broken their code, just like we broke the German code, and that was, uh, that was the, you know, the NSA. That was right. uh, the, the, the magic team actually did that. The purple code of the Japanese was broken. We knew what they were doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we had to beat them to the punch in order yeah, to... Well, okay, you know, yeah, exactly. and, well, look, they, Makes a lot who of was sense. their ally? Yep. Germany, we, we, we claimed later the reason we had the bomb program was because Germany was working on it, and they were. And they were sending uh, uh, material and sharing technology with the Japanese. But look, you, you can see for yourself, the Japanese are not dumb. They, they know no. how to make technology. And they did it. Believe me, they did it. But they also moved their main facility off of the island onto the mainland uh, Korea, a place called uh, Honan. Uh, yeah, Honan. Conan, excuse me, Conan, Korea. And that's where they actually had a, a facility there that most mainly was taken over by the Russians uh, at the close of the war. But they did detonate a bomb. After, shortly after we detonated the first bomb, on them, they they got one of their um, uh, uh, prototypes actually exploded uh, out in the bay, uh, Conan. And this is all in uh, the book, uh, Japan's Secret War. It's it's a little more in depth than what he goes into that book. Believe me, I I, I know I, it's it's a sad it's a sad state of affairs. Mm-hmm. But this is how it is with war. The yeah. first casualty of war is always the truth. When you're dealing about covert affairs, you never ever ever tell people the truth. You can't afford to do that. Tell me, Robert, is there a connection between the uh, the race for the moon and the UFOs? Um, not that I'm aware no, of. I... You know, I I know that we they they allegedly saw a lot of UFO activity mm-hmm. up there, uh, and you know, Colonel Corso, although he published that that. Um, he didn't really author the first book, uh, the, you know, Day After Roswell, yep. but he, I did get a hold of his diary. I'd heard much about it from Commander Dean, so I finally got a copy of his uh, Colonel Corso's diary. And he did talk in there. He said he thought that they had bases, whoever they are. He felt they were hostile towards us based on things that he'd seen in his career. But he said that there was bases on the moon and Mars and, um, and even the satellite uh, moons of uh, Mars. Phobos and Deimos. He felt that he felt we should actually nuke Phobos. Wow! I know. <laughs> so, so again, this is something you really wouldn't want to tell the public, no, uh, because you know you don't want to panic people. Yeah. It would upset the the apple cart. Robert, stand by. It's been great talking with you. You and I will be Thanks. back on the other side of this commercial break. Exo Nation, a fascinating conversation. Visit Robert Stanley's website at www.unicusmagazine.com. 
forward slash books dot htm. And Robert and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break talking more about UFOs over Washington as the Exxon continues right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. www.exxonradiotv.com is our website. And if you'd like to listen to the archives, www.exxonpodcast.com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. Don't go away. UFOs over Washington. That's our topic this hour. Robert Stanley is my guest this hour, and uh, Robert, what was it that drove you to to dig into UFOs in general? What was the what was it that happened? Oh yeah, it was my uh, my father had a picture of a UFO that was taken by a friend of his uh, out in the desert, and he didn't see it when he took took the picture. Mm. So that that kind of burned into my mind. You know, there's something going on. Uh, but I also had close encounters in my own. Uh, you know, I lived. I grew up in Malibu, and uh, starting in the '80s, I started having numerous close encounters that kept going on. Eventually, I, you know, I just couldn't dismiss what was happening, so I tried to investigate for my own satisfaction. And then I found a lot of other people. You know, I mean, thousands of people around the world, maybe millions, uh, have had these kind of experiences. So I was obviously, you know, it 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 just became not just a curiosity, but a way of life. So, you know, I yeah. I like. I mean, I have. I would. This sounds crazy. I have some kind of relationship going with them. Mm-hmm. I would think the good guys. I know the bad guys are not really fond of me, but um, uh, it's, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, you said earlier that you had some sort of contact with them. You know. Yeah. Uh, how how was how did that contact work? Uh, it's it's slightly involved, but for myself, uh, typically, uh, mm-hmm. I remember one time when I was 13 that they they came literally some ball of light came into the room, and it was talking to me. I don't know how that's even possible, but it was, and it, and it happened. So, um, and there was also a crop circle that showed up near my home in 1973 out there in Malibu uh, that was photographed by a neighbor. So, you know, it's uh, I, I I just you know believe me, there's been times when I thought, well, gee, God, I wish I could live a normal life. Uh, It'd be like everybody else, and just you know, but uh, it's it's it just isn't happening for me. Yeah. So um, you know, but I look, I didn't ask for this Washington D.C. thing. It just sort of fell into my lap. And there's been a few times I just wanted to walk away from it because honestly, this has been a pain in my neck. Uh, but you know, look, it's ongoing. I'm very concerned for the the future of our not only the nation but the the, the planet. 
yeah. not just a country, but to our species. I'm very concerned that this is going on covertly. And believe me, if you go to my website, you'll see you'll see the photographs for yourself. You'll you'll know for a fact this is happening. I mean, I've got I've collected over 900 reports that go span 161 year period, right? And analyze that, and um, you know, like I said, the photographs really tell quite a compelling story. And this year alone, we've had over 30 reports. Wow. Most of them, most of them have uh, uh, photographs or, or video associated with them. So it's not stopping. Yeah. The, the, the activity hasn't stopped at all. No matter how many times I tell people, it just you know they don't, they obviously are, are operating with uh, impunity, and and they just. You know they're here, so I don't know what else to tell you, Robert. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, oh, my pleasure. Keep the great work up. Let our listeners know what your website is one more time, please. Sure, it's www.unicusmagazine.com. U N I C U S magazine.com. Click on books and uh, or photographs, whatever you prefer. But you can get to the photographs also through the books link and uh, and also the like I said the updated. Um, report it's there all the links that you'll need there's a lot of free information mm-hmm. if you want to buy the books those are available on amazon uh, for discounted prices and the links are uh, there on the website excellent robert thanks again for joining us and uh, we'll look thank forward you. to the next time you join us here in the exxon thank you so much take care take care sir exxon nation once again robert stanley has been my guest this hour we were talking about ufos over washington wow go to his website take a good look seeing is believing I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues right here from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, the studios of Relmar McConnell Media Company. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.